This week's comment, Across the Divide, by Jelani Cobb, from The New Yorker magazine, July 25, 2016. The recent calamities in Baton Rouge, St. Paul, and Dallas have the feel of a national turning point. This kind of trauma has been visited upon Americans with such regularity that the hope that any single outrage could foster change has been abandoned. But three such incidents in one week, each witnessed through the first-person lens of social media, surely this warrants a detour from the unpaved trail that we've been stumbling down. Last Tuesday, Senator Ted Cruz, who in 2013 had orchestrated a government shutdown in the hope of derailing the Affordable Care Act, flew with President Barack Obama on Air Force One to Dallas to attend the memorial service for the five police officers who were slain there. En route, Obama telephoned the families of Alton Sterling and Philando Castile, the men killed in Baton Rouge and a St. Paul suburb, to offer his sympathies. The Dallas service was a show of national unity. A pastor, an imam, and a rabbi offered prayers and condolences. An interfaith choir sang hymns. John Cornyn, the senior senator from Texas, who had met Obama's request for curtailed access to firearms with a bill to force all states to recognize concealed carry licenses, Texas permits open carry, warmly greeted the president. The signs for a new dialogue were auspicious. The voices of discord, however, were also to be heard. A few days earlier, on Fox and Friends, Rudolph Giuliani said that when he was the mayor of New York, he saved more black lives than the Black Lives Matter movement has, and that he had done so through aggressive policing. In other interviews, he claimed that the movement was inherently racist and that its rhetoric had put a target on police officers' backs. Giuliani, who is scheduled to address the Republican National Convention in Cleveland this week, has made this kind of argument for years. His point is essentially that aggressive policing is the closest thing we have to a cure for the violence that plagues many poor black and brown communities, and that any criticism of those efforts jeopardizes the safety of both the police and those communities. In Dallas, Mayor Mike Rawlings smartly rebuffed Giuliani, saying, Our police officers died for the Black Lives Matter movement. We were protecting those individuals. That is not a racist organization. But on Thursday, Obama participated in a televised town hall meeting in which the lieutenant governor of Texas, Dan Patrick, implied that the president had not done enough to articulate his support for law enforcement. This elicited a testy response from Obama, who challenged Patrick to find an instance of violence involving police officers in which he had not spoken of his respect for them. Given Giuliani's presence in Donald Trump's campaign and Trump's new emphasis on law and order, this debate will continue throughout the weeks leading up to the election. The memorial service inadvertently illustrated the nature of the deepening divide. The deaths of the officers elicited an automatic acknowledgment of the value of these men to the people whom they had served. Police departments from as far away as San Francisco and Pittsburgh sent representatives to Dallas. The National Law Enforcement Officers Memorial Fund, which keeps a tally of law enforcement fatalities, reports that 124 police officers died in the line of duty last year, 42 of them from gunshot wounds. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, policing is not among the ten most hazardous professions, which include logging and commercial fishing. 
Yet we don't stop to honor people who die on those jobs. That is because the dangers the police face are constant and are part of the sacrifice that is fundamental to their work, and because they represent a broader societal jeopardy. The death of an officer is a tragedy that carries an implicit threat. A person who would shoot a police officer is capable of shooting anyone. For those Americans who live in communities where the threat of violence is real, this is not an abstract concern. African Americans compose 13% of the population, but 44% of homicide victims, a circumstance that ensures a disproportionate level of contact between black communities and the police. Yet 76% of African Americans believe that there is a problem with law enforcement as it pertains to race, as compared with 33% of whites. The Guardian reported that 25% of the African Americans killed by police last year were.